Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This your boy, Big Black Homie, Eastside Chevy Rider, representing Black Entertainment status. I just dropped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. I'm a baby. I'm on that section 8. I ain't have pots of pieces. I don't put no blocks and missions. My niggas locked up in prison. Still Yo, we got the East Side Chevy Rider, Big Block, <clears throat> Block ENT, <clears throat> jumping off the porch with us today, man. What's up, bro? How you so feeling? Easy, baby. How you? Man, feeling great, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you jumping off the porch with us. Man, you know. I've been jumping off porches since I was five, six years old, man. It's good to be out jumping off this one. You know what I'm saying? We've been in hip hop block by block. What's yeah. that? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Nah, man. Um, dope to have a legend, an Atlanta legend, a hip hop legend, you know, like yourself, um, you know, coming here to talk to us. Yep. You know, I love getting the perspective from the other side. We interview so many artists, yep. producers you know, and, and get their perspectives on their stories and how they came into the game. So, you know, I'm excited to build with you yeah. and, you know, get more info and share some insight on how you got in the game. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so you, let's get started, man. You're from the east side of Atlanta. Yep. Um, Kirkwood. Okay, okay. East Lake. Yep. That's what's up. And then you also, um, you got family on the west coast as yeah, well, you know, right? Yeah, Watts. Okay. So I spend most, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, like, you know, the, you know, coming up in the, from three to seven, 10, 15 in LA, back and forth. Okay. Word. And um, yeah, so, you know, back and forth from LA to Atlanta. Okay, word, word. Yeah. And uh, what would you say, you know, from- What's up, I'm saying. You said what? I said, what's up? Yes, sir. So from your perspective, man, what's like, you know, some of the differences, even some of the similarities between, uh, you know, L.A., Watts, and then uh, East Atlanta. The East Side, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, Watts, you know, so the East Side of Watts, um, the East Side of Atlanta. The streets the same, it's just, a, it's just, you know, the camaraderie, you know what I'm saying? The West Coast, they're more, they more together, you know what I'm saying? Um, they ride for a cause. Atlanta, you know, we're about our paper, we go, East, West, South, North, get that paper, yeah. you know? You know what I'm saying? I say LA niggas don't do that, but I'm saying like, you know, you gotta be more careful in them hoods that you careful out here. Got you, got you, you know? yeah. It, Growing it, up, in my days. Yeah, you know? LA is more about territories and- Absolutely. Your neighborhoods, your block. Respect, about yeah. respect, point blank. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, where would you say you jumped off the porch? Was it here in East Atlanta or was it out no, on the Atlanta, West Coast? all the way. Okay. Atlanta, all the way. Yeah. Okay. You and uh, what, what age was that about? I would say, man, 12 years old, honestly. Um, man, but I grew up, man, like, you know, like, you know, like living in the projects, like you grew up hustling all kind of ways. You grew up washing cars to damn near cutting grass to Robbing to running off, you do all that shit. So um, I just came to hustle way. You know what I'm saying? I, I got me a pack, I took it, ran with it, and, and just and just and just and just grew that paper. Um, you know, that's about it. As, uh, jumping off the porches. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, I mean, I can say I jumped off the porch 
when I was six years old, you know, helping old ladies up the stairs with their groceries getting money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or shit like that. But really getting that paper, I would say 11, about 12 years old. Okay. Okay, yeah. word. And uh, what kind of kid were you coming up, man? Like, was you in the sports? Like, what, what was your vibe? What was Not box, but I was a go-getter mainly, man. I was just, I was just, I was just a hustler. I was just, you know what I'm saying, by any means. If it was, it was, it was a dollar make, I fucking made it. Yeah. You know? Um, I was, I was focused on, on the vision. Just cause, you know, I'm the type of nigga, man, it don't take me long to know that dog bite over there. If I see that dog bite you, I learn off that. And then I build around that. And I was just the type of dude that, you know, I'd have to get burnt, burnt off the stove to know that motherfucker hot. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, well, there's a visionary. I was a Muslim. You know, I lived in East Lake, uh, right across here from the mosque. So I grew around a lot of Muslims. Okay. So, you know, they, you know, they gave me a lot of knowledge too. Okay. And I mean, just running the streets, man. You know, you, you got officers in games. You got, uh, you know, family members getting, you know, saying getting to the paper. You tend to peep and peep game and, and tend to take some of that with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Jump out of the porch, like I say, different times. Yeah. Yeah. So when um coming up, like did you have any big homies or, you know, even older siblings like that you was looking up to, like coming up? Yeah, man, shit, man. I mean, like, you know, coming up in my hood, it was Jimmy Higgins with Down by Law. It was uh Peanut, it was um, you know, say the whole Down by Law in East Lake Meadows, Kirkwood, East Side uh area, you know what I'm saying? And Watts it was it was top. It was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of more than my dad, because my dad was a big gambler for Watts. So you know, I kind of peeped game for them too. But I kind of stayed away from that gambling scene, me personally, you know. I can dig it. Yeah. So like, what's one of the um, biggest life lessons that you would say that you learned in the streets while coming up? Respect, man. I mean, one of the biggest things in the world, man, you know, respect goes no matter where you at. Mm-hmm. So you got to respect the public. You got to respect everybody, anybody. You know, that's a, that's the lesson I see, I mean, to this day that niggas don't get. Got, I mean, you gotta respect it, man. You gotta respect, just, I mean, just for the general cause. Yeah. And if I give anybody game, anybody knowledge, respect. Respect your partner, respect the neighbor. Yeah, most definitely. Now you, now you break that, then that's a problem. Yeah. Other than that, respect goes a long way. Yeah, as simple as that is, and as it sounds, that's like something that's long lost man. in this, man, you know? You know, you know, you know, so much as they had that, like so much they had, had them guys just, that they just grab you by the collar and say, hey, hey, play it, no, 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 we don't do that right here. Yeah. This way you're supposed to have that situation. Yeah. So much just don't have that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And man, you can't trust nobody advice in it that way. <laughs> These are young niggas like, nigga, what you know? Right. You know what I'm saying? Or nigga, I can take your place. Yeah. So, you know, you just gotta be careful who you really get the knowledge too, and really who you have around you, because you are responsible to people around you, believe it or not. That's real. Yeah. People gonna look at it all kind of way, oh, that's that, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's real. I think that is, is not enough, it's not enough cats, you know, on, on the big homie tip, coming and, and putting their arm around younger cats or, 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 or grabbing them up and, yeah. and, and telling them like, hey, we That's what do misses these days. Yeah, for That's sure. That's what misses these days. And I think even a lot of times, man, like the young cats, especially if they move in a certain type of way, getting it a certain type of way, they almost looking at the older cat like, or the OG like, you know, you trying to take, you, you trying to yeah. take my spot. Yeah, you old ass, nigga, see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But you know, like I teach my sons, man, 
hey man, experience the best teacher. You know what I'm saying? Like you can learn a lot from a dummy. Mm -hmm. Meaning you can learn a lot from a whole bunch of things around you. Yeah. That set up where you're supposed to learn from. Yeah. And you just gotta take that shit, tuck it, and apply it when necessary, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For sure. So uh, Block, do you know when you fell in love with hip hop? Like do you know when you first man, started? Man, I was probably, run DMC, I was probably, shit, teen. I actually like really fuck with like, okay, this, okay, I fuck with this. And I started like, and then when I look back in the music business, I was like, even in middle school, I was kind of like into the rap scene as in managing other people. You know how you go, you know, they rap in the, in the, um, the cafeteria, they rap in the, um, in the bathroom or the halls. Yeah. I usually kind of like set new type of freestyles up. Hmm. So I kind of had it. You know how they say, man, you know, when, when it's seen, it's seen you. Yeah. I kind of flipped back to them days and like, okay, I remember when I was in the seventh grade and I had these two guys and I kind of managed the whole thing and I had to manage the whole situation. So I seen me being really involved in the hip hop scene back then. Okay. But I was too much in, I was like, mm. you know, where we from the street, we thought them was lame, that lame ass nigga doing that music <laughs> shit. And then I just, like I said, when I met with Pac and I been around it, cause you know, sometimes the sixth man on the team or the, the man that's on the bench waiting to play, you know, he get an IQ for it. Yeah. And that's what I did, you know, just by sitting back, co-managing, or just being a team player. When I rode with Pac and Outlaws, I was like, okay, this is how I learned. Because I came in just taking advantage of a situation, like a hustle. Yeah. Like, shit, I'm just gonna try to flip my money, turn this shit into something. Mm. And I had an artist named Big Gee back then. So I was like, you know, shit, I'm just gonna learn. And, you know, say take it from now. Right, right. Okay. And yeah. so, what was your introduction into the music industry? Like, when did you turn the love for music into actually you wanting to be like a part of the industry? How you know, put oh, your mark met, on it. When I met Tony Drake. Okay. Tony Drake, president of Swallow House. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. He, um. He a legend in himself absolutely. who don't get recognized oh, enough man, for being like truly guy. one of the forefathers of, yeah. of Southern hip hop, street music, yeah. you know. Yeah. All that. And, um, now Tony Draper, man. You know, plus he empowered me, man. He really put me in position to run Suave House. You know, and that's what Baller G came out of, Tila, Rick Ross, Gilly, and all them cats, you know, Noah, you know, little cats like that, the really South Circle, they came out of. Oh, yeah. You know, and. Um, that A Ball Lost album was one of the most classic crazy. albums. Crazy. And, and you know, y'all did something that was, um, that, that was kind of different, kind of redefining too with the third disc being yeah. that being that compilation. Yeah. So you had like songs from Cannabis on yeah. there and like, you had like all these different artists. Hustle, baby, hustle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know, just trying to, you know, keep everybody going like the South, up top, West Coast, we're just trying to just get the hustle to go. You yeah. Know? Now at Suave House, this was where you signed Rick Ross, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I took Ross there when I first signed Ross, I took him to Draper. Because I was president of Swap House. Right. So we just trying to rebuild Swap House at that time. Okay. Were had, you in Texas at this time? or well, how, how was no, that? Uh, in Atlanta. Okay. When I moved to Texas. Okay. You know what I'm saying? For a couple of years with Draper. So I was going back and forth. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 
and um, that's why I said Rockset. Okay. Small house. Okay, word. Let me and ask Teflon you. Teflon the Don then. Teflon. Huh. So when you were um, working with Ross back then, did you envision, you know, the Ross that we see now, you know, Absolutely. being one of the top artists in the Yeah, that's why I didn't really put him in Boys in the Hood, because I kind of felt, and not knocking Boys in the Hood, because that's my favorite group that I ever worked with. Um, but I, I didn't envision, envision Ross as one of the guys, like, being in a group like that. Okay. I was alone, bossed up. You know, with his own shit. Cause when Ross came to me, he had his own thing. He had Cash City Cartel, he had Gunplay, he had Torch. Mm -hmm. So he had his own, own label going, just, just like Jeezy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They had their own thing going. So I kind of like really partnered with them, you know what I'm saying, to help them, you know what I'm saying, like, like walking to the game. Yeah. So. Okay. Now, all right, so I'm going to jump around a little bit, Sounds go good. back a little bit, because you touched on and said it real quick, like, like it was just a simple walk in the park, <laughs> talking about when you worked with Pac and the Outlaws. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, I mean, that, that's legendary in itself. I mean, for so many artists, that, you know, Pac is a lot of our favorite, you know, yeah. artists. Can you kind of touch on that? Like, how did yeah. you connect with Pac? Um, yeah, with his sister. Okay. They knew his sister, they were, and then once Pac got, you know, got out, did in, 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 in LA with California, and he came and stayed in Atlanta. Okay. And I, and, but it was family. Mm -hmm. It was more like family. Cause I is was, this before the death row? Is this before signing the death yeah, row? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just family. And, you know, and like I tell people, you know, once I left Suave House, or, or once Draper kind of like dissolved Suave House, then I was working at Noontime. Noontime was a production company. And um, I was just putting together records, and that's how I actually learned how to produce records. Shout out to Noonan. Yeah, hey, what's up to Noon? Um, Brian Cox, Jante Austin, Jazzy Faye, Teddy Bitch. And, and that's actually where I kind of learned how to really produce a record. Okay. And, um, and, I, and, and, and one day, man, you know, so I called Pop Mom, which, you know, she would call her Faye, you know, just checking up on her. And then she turned me on to Tom Wally. Okay. And that was the president of Warner Brothers, and that's who Actually signed Tupac. Okay. And um, and that's how Show Enough, which me, Noonan, Jazz, we created a label called Show Enough. Okay. And um, that's how we started a label through Joe DeBreeze. Mm -hmm. Joe DeBreeze was our first artist. Okay. We went and got him a label. Cause Joe DeBreeze was the hardest, youngest nigga ever. Mm -hmm. And um, and we believed in him. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I just use that connect, man. You know what I'm saying? The rest of the piece of the Phoenix. You know, she, she didn't want to put me on, so I always give it, give it up to her. That's crazy. And, um, and, I don't, and I don't too much. I purposely don't really really be on the Tupac blah, 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 because right. I know a lot of people try to take advantage of that. And, yeah. you know, I just try to be on my own, you know. But yeah, I, I mean, that's, who, that's how I got the game. Yeah, nah, that's yeah. amazing, though. I mean, to yeah. meet Pac, Run with him for a couple years, yeah. still had a relationship with the fam, yeah. and then moms yeah, basically connect dots for you to Absolutely. get you that first deal. I mean, I, that's an amazing story, um, yeah. man. I mean, actually, like even when, even when I did the deal with Puff when I ran Bad Boy, mm -hmm. I called her, I called her, and I called Edie, mm -hmm. you know, and I said, man, what y'all think? She was like, baby, Pop wants you to feed your family. And that's, you know, like with Pimp C. Like, I was at a station, and I saw Pimp C at the station before he did Big Pimp. And he asked me, he said, man, what you think? I said, man, I don't think Pac would be too much worried about that. I can't talk for him, but, man, you know, get, you know what I'm saying, get to the paper. That's what I did, yeah. you know? 
That's crazy. Yeah. So Pimp wasn't. I, I heard that before. Oh, that nah, Pimp, Pimp wasn't going to do, do that shit. Yeah. Greg Street, my witness. Pimp was like, man, I ain't doing that shit. I said, man, listen. You know? Yeah. So he asked me. I said, shit. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Huh, that's crazy. You know? So now you worked on, um, you worked on uh, Pac's Posthumous album. Yep. And you connected, you put T.I. on yep. that project. I put, I put Tip, I put Trick, I put a lot of artists that, down South artists, I put all the more down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cause Eda was over it. And um, you know, we just worked the set. Mm. And what was that like? What was that experience like working on that project and being able to connect these artists to they? I mean, even though Pac wasn't alive, but I mean, still to be able to yeah, you know, like like you know, like you know, like always, man, it was a team player. I was a team player. We knew, you know, that sometimes the generation got to grow, got to evolve. You know what I'm saying? The generation. So, yeah. you know, we, you know, we just trying to make sure the young artists still keep up. I mean, still. Embrace pop, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The new generation still embrace pop by bringing these people in. You know, that's how I saw it. It was just a blessing, really, for me to be able to, you know, be in a position to spread the love out there like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, can you talk about like your time, like with like like with Show Enough, with you know what I'm saying? That Show yeah. Enough records with Jazzy Faye, with you, him and Nooney, like yes. built. And- yes. Yeah, me and Jazzy, we you know we kind of you know we met like at the Swarth House, and then it just so happened. You know, Nuna was managing a lot of producers. Nuna ended up managing Jazzy. And uh, it was just it was just the best within that, because Jazzy hit me out a lot too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? One love the Jazzy Faye. Yeah, Jazzy really was a team player and very instrumental into the Block and T movement. And um, yeah, so we, we created Show Enough. Cause you know, Show Enough was a song by Tila. Mm-hmm. With him and yeah, that was his first hit. So we just got, you know, um, so we decided to make a song, um, uh, and, uh, a label of his first hit, name out the first hit, just turned to a company. Yeah. And Joe Debris was the first artist on it, you know, rapper. Yeah. You know, so we saw Sierra too. Right. It was Sierra, Jody, and Jeezy that was on Show Enough. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then um, that's when I made Boys in the Hood. And I kind of stepped outside of that because I felt that Noonan, Jazz were like more R&B at mm-hmm. that time. And I wanted some street shit. And me going back to the hoods, going back every day, they wanted the hood shit. So this is how I made Boys in the Hood. Right. So how was Boys in the Hood, how was the group uh, formed? Well, um, at first it was Trick Daddy. First, what happened, I, I called Ted. Somehow, I forgot how, we, how me and Trick linked up the way we did. When I called Ted, I asked Ted, should I, should I have Trick in the group? He was like, yeah, if Trick want to be in it. And, and Trick, Trick was an executive at first. He came like like with me, mm-hmm. and we did a couple of songs, and uh, and then somehow, you know, we kind of like separated a little bit, and um, I just kept the group going, and because uh, at first it was Trick Daddy, it was Trick Daddy. The the, the, the ideal group was the ideal group was Trick Daddy, Sean Paul from the Young Bloods, uh, Joe the Breeze. Trick, Joe Debris, T.I. was Young Blood. It was a big gig. I think that was the idea group at first. Ooh, Trick Daddy in the group. Man, that was oh, yeah. crazy. I mean, that was Pussy Motherfucker came in, that, that song Pussy Motherfucker. Yeah. Another song that, that, that Trick did. And um, I was like, anybody can make a super group. 
Let me make a group that really a real hustler, a real robber, young nigga, and OG. Yeah. You know, they kind of consist of the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a couple more characteristics of the hood. I don't want to, you know, but those four basic characteristics of the hood yeah. that I want to put in the group. And, you know, and music, my name, if, if you're going to go far, you want to build something, people got to be able to feel your music and know it's real. And I always want to just be part of something that's real. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I got G's. What's so happy? Meech called me and, and wanted, wanted Jazz Fader to produce a record for Jesus. Okay. And I say, man, you know, come through now. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. He brought Jesus through. That's how Jesus got on Boys of the Hood. Ah. He, Jesus took advantage. I didn't know at the time Trick Daddy was Jesus' favorite artist. Hmm. So when he saw Trick, oh, hell yeah, I'll be part of that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's how they end up being with, with Ooh, that. Ima- imagine if that would have been, imagine Jeezy and Trick Daddy and a man. Like it, a- <laughs> thought it was, it was, it was going to be crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I think the paperwork between me and Trick didn't work out right. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, you know, me and Trick still brothers, we still cool, you know? Wow. Yeah, the hustle don't stop. So then how did, uh, how did the group end up getting on Bad Boy South? How did that come Well, you know, about? me and Kia Porter been brothers and sisters for, for years. And uh, she was just coming through and heard the records and sent them to Puff. Mm-hmm. And then, but at that time, I was dealing with Dre, talking to Dre by side of the group, you know? Because it derived from something some, some he was part, part of. So, so I flew out there, fucked with Dre for a minute. My boy T.R., Terry Ross, he hooked me up with that situation. And um, Boys Hood was ready to come out right then. And Dre kind of, you know, had to put game out, Eminem, all of them. It was like, I got they were 2003, 2002, mm-hmm. three, four. So it was like, you know, like we had to go in order. So I was like, eh, like I need to go right now. Yeah. And Puff was ready to go. So Puff flew me up there. Hung out a couple of days, then I flew the group up there. Everybody like, fuck you, let's do it. Yeah. So I got a situation from that. Okay, okay. And then you was running Bad Boy South, right? Well, that that got me to run Bad Boy South. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Puff saw you, you saw you had the vision and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It gave you the freedom to do yeah. that. Now was now was Gorilla Zoe ever a part of Boys in the Hood? Yeah, after Jeezy left. Okay. See, what a lot of people don't know, when I first did the group, the group's supposed to evolve. Mm-hmm. Every year, will be a new group. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a new member. You know, kind of like Menudo. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every year it's supposed to change to a new group, so it'll be around. Yeah. And um, so, so I only had signed everybody to a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't like Jesus left, like he right. came, it was a beat that he left, no. Right. It was, it was he, everybody's supposed to win their way. But also in the contract, that's why you saw Jesus come back and was on Zoe. Hood nigga remixed because you put whoever leave, come back, put each other up. Right, right, so right. So that was respect that, that you, know, you know, we all you know, agreed on. Yeah. Whoever go out first makes you come back. You know, some of them look like niggas beefing and shit because, yeah. man, beef get real. There wasn't really no beef, beef like that. It got real between, you know, but, you know, they don't, they work themselves out. Right. 
Yeah. Gorilla Zoe always was a, uh, he, he's always been like an innovative artist. Oh, yeah, I felt like dog. he was always kind of ahead of his time. That's my little brother to this shit. day. Yeah. That's my little brother, hard worker. I threw him on every fucking record I could imagine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? From a rock record to a pop record, and he always came out on top of it. Right. You know? Yeah. Now, um, you uh, you worked really close uh, with uh, Shakir Stewart. That's right. Who, you know, is, shake. is a piece of shake. Yeah, yeah. man. R.P. Shake. Um, you know, he's a he's a legend Absolutely. here in Atlanta. You know, the things that he did uh, when he went over to Def Jam, Absolutely. you know, signing Jeezy, signing Ross over there, you mm-hmm. know, just all the moves that he, you know, that he made. But can you, can you talk about him? Because I know he yeah, was such I mean, an influential you know, guy. I mean, yeah, I remember when Shake first came, Noonan called me and said, hey, man, how do you go to the airport with me? You know, they go pick up Shake, we went to pick them up. He was dressed out of the shit. So Noonan wanted me to, wanted him to shadow me. I said, man, this, hey man, you gotta really learn Atlanta. Cause you know, Noonan was, Noontown was here, but Ryan and Christian, they was doing like, like, like shows and parties. Like from DC down, you know, from Oakland to DC, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Cause they went to Howard and then, you know, down to Atlanta. And, um, you know, you know, he rolled around with me, you know what I'm saying? A couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he got to know the streets of Atlanta very well. That's how he could pick artists the way he was doing. Yeah. And uh, but he was like suited tied up. He always was, you know, he always had that that boss spirit in him. You know? Yeah, but Shay was a good dude. Yeah, nah. He yeah, a good dude. Yeah. Vision and like was really dedicated, you know what I'm saying, like to the artists and the projects yeah. that he worked. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely want to tap in on that. Um, so now moving forward with things, you know, rebuilding hip hop block by block. Yep. Can you can you talk about that movement and you know like some of the new things that we can expect coming from Block NT? Yeah, well, you know, like, um, you know, when I did the last Gorilla Zoe album, you know, I took hiatus for a minute, and uh, I was coming back with that whole you know with that whole phase rebuilding hip hop block by block, mm-hmm. and I was going and I sit back and, and was looking like what don't I have? And that's how I signed Jaquees. Okay. I was like, you know. I think a little young R&B nigga, and that was, you know, mm-hmm. signed Jacquees, and we worked together a couple of years, and um, uh, some of the major didn't, didn't, didn't work out right. We still brothers to this day, but I kind of like let him go spread his wings, because mm-hmm. I knew, like, you know, you gotta have a real team when you do that R&B shit, mm-hmm. and my team, you know, honestly, my team went, went together to that certain level. So he wanted a certain thing, and I wanted to go a certain right. We brothers, so I just let him do his thing. He yeah. did. He did good. Still brothers to this day. Him and Zoe just did a record. It's crazy hot right now. It's out right now, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's called Top of the Week. Y'all go get that, download, play it, whatever. And um, and I came with that rebuilding hip hop block by block, just so I can kind of like, you know, expand my horizon from just. To, Street shit started to get, you know, started to get more money. Pop yeah. shit, you know, what I'm saying that's when I signed Chris Kelly, Jamaican pop artist, and then I started to try to do this group and uh, Rebel Gang, that then some young niggas, you know, but um, yeah, you know, that's just something, you know, that's just a, a, a rebuild hip hop block by block. That's something more like um, a concept. Kind of like my boys in the hood concept, mm-hmm. but um, you know a lot of people they call hip hop all kind of things now. Mm-hmm. Some not even really hip hop, but hip hop is a culture. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm trying to get all type of other things as well. 
that's hip hop. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, I, I like the concept and, and was happy that you, you know, like the fact that you call it that because I feel like, I feel like um, a lot of, you know, the gatekeepers like yeah. on the East Coast, like don't really consider what we do in the South or what's done in the yeah. South to be hip hop. Yeah. And so, you know, but yeah, it so, is though. It's yeah, all I mean, a part of the same culture. It's, it's, it's a culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it just spread it just spread itself out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what um so like what uh what what's what's next to come? Like what what new artists you working with right now? Like what you got coming up on uh Yeah man, you like, know um, me and Gorilla Zoe, we back in the studio together. You know what I'm saying? I got a young artist by the name of Big Stunt. Um he got a group called Walk Down Game, WDG. Mm -hmm. Um got a, I got a what else they got going on? I was, I got a TV show that I'm working on. Um, but with artists, uh, right now, Big Stunt, BBA Trigger, Walk Down Game. Um, I got Prince of Perez, you know, some pop artists. Um, I'm thinking about doing, a, doing another album with Chris Kelly, it depends. What are we working on now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Big Stunt with me, and J5 with WDG. Yeah. Nah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Block, what would you say, um, you know, through your career, like what's been, you know, like one of your most fulfilling moments, you know what I'm saying? One of those moments where you was like, okay, like I, I did it, like I made it, like I, you know, some of yeah. your dreams, you know, like you, you actually acquired them, you know, what, what, what was that, what's one of those moments for you? It, it kind of a lot of them to myself, because I sit, my, I mean, like I sit, different levels and phases for myself and goals for myself. One of them was when I didn't have to work no more, ever in my life. Um, but that comes from, that comes from, that comes from being smart in investments, in a, you know, because time is, time, time is an investment. Mm -hmm. That comes from investing all that stuff right, but it started to pay you back. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of them. Cause you know, all of us got our dreams to get out the hood and take your mom out the hood, and you know, thank God I was, you know, you know, thing I could, you know, for me take my mom out the hood and doing shit like that. I did that before I got in the music business, mm. but um, but for me, well, I didn't have to really work for nobody. Yeah, I work for myself. Let's say that yeah. but I still got to work no more. Let's say I could be able to work for myself. Mm. That's one. Uh, two, when you can, when you can, you know help your kids, like, do what they want to do, you know? Um, but that's, that's, because I, I mean, I got a lot of smaller things that, that I humbly that I, that I, that I you know, but. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. But to me, to be able to, to to help empower others, like help a Jesus get his thing, help Ross do his thing, right. empower the young cats, like you know what I'm saying, take you know, show them the right way. Because yeah. a lot of misunderstandings, you know, from when niggas think when you sign with them, like there's a misunderstanding on a lot of stuff when niggas think a nigga took something or take something. But now, nah, I mean, the music business is a hustle. Yeah. And everybody gonna eat. It's like, I mean, everybody gonna feed themselves. Mm 
So you gotta understand how to how to do that without you caught up in that in, in that matrix. Yeah. So with them, I just try to help empower these little young cats and do partnership more than just silence. Mm -hmm. I do partnerships now. Okay. You know, this our shit together. Yeah. You know, we gonna split this shit like this. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's a big thing too for me to help empower these little young niggas and you know. Yeah, I think being able to empower these young cats, you know, and, and showing them. Yeah, yes. because we we hear so many stories about, you know, some of some of the artists that are maybe like legends now or yep. veterans now. And, you know, they weren't taught the game. Yep. They didn't understand things about publishing. They did. You know, they yep. may have signed some of these contracts that, you know, looked good up front. Yep. But now, 10, 15 years later, you know, like nothing's coming yeah. from it and they, and they didn't know that. Yeah. And you know, you think you sign it with somebody who got your best interests in mind and they not, they no. just looking out for self. And it's, so. And see, you know, one thing, man, all y'all artists is a DJ out of, out of uh, Charlotte, Chuck T, he got a class. I advise every artist, go out of DJ Chuck T, he got a class. He gonna teach you everything about the contract, he'll teach you everything about publishing, he'll teach you how to do your taxes. He teach you how to do all that shit for a little nothing. I mean, I advise all management company. I advise them to all labels around all the artists do that. Cause sometimes artists don't know. Yeah. Like if they know what they doing, then you'll know. Right. Right. Then it's your choice. your choice to say, okay, I'm gonna do this or not. Yeah. But I think a lot of artists they don't really know, right. and they just be so happy to go get a bins and be so happy to get their mom out the hood. Yeah. They just rest on that top money. You understand that top money. Boy, me gonna get their money back. Yeah, yeah. And and when and, and then when you find out all the profits come from you, mm -hmm. you know how the shit go. Yeah. And then misunderstand, and then niggas get in their feelings, and then that because you you're not knowledgeable enough. You don't right. you didn't do your homework. Right. You know how you get paid. Right. What you get paid. Right. How you go back and sit down and renegotiate, and that's what a lot of people think. Because if that's the case, man, my first deal, like. Man, when I first got my first deal deal, I got a deal for a million dollars. I probably pulled 30,000 in. Mm. But it's about budgeting, about right. this, about that. Right. Plus, I, I want to put my money back into my company. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's all about understanding the game. Yeah. And that's what I would tell anybody, man, learn this shit first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you can, partner with your boss. I mean, par partnership is the best thing in a way. Right, yeah. You know what I'm no, that, that's why financial literacy is, is so important. And I feel like the way that the game is now where it's way more independent, yeah. you know, flourishing, yeah. it's so important, you know, for cats to be educated on where they money going yep. and, and, and how to invest and you know what I mean? Having an understanding of assets and liabilities yep. and you know, things like that. That's, that's yeah. so important. Cause these record labels, I'm tell you man, some of these record labels, I don't mean record labels, some of the A&Rs and some of these guys that's inside the record label, man, they so scared to pick, they so scared these days to put their name on the line. Yeah. They would sacrifice your ass so quick. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So. You know, you got to go in that motherfucker blazing. You got to damn to put all your shit out yourself anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For a label to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? And the label's going to get you, you know, being with a label gets you that popularity. Hmm. Get you that, you know, you don't really get you no more money. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it make you popular to get money. Mm -hmm. But if you ain't no damn hustle, you sit around and sign and say the label going to do something, hey, you dead anyway. Right, yeah, you lose. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, you losing before you start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. you know, yeah, so, you know, that's, that's what Block ENT doing, man. We building hip hop block by block. That's what's hip up. Hip and pile of youth. That's you up. know, WDG walk down game. Yo, do you um do you have any uh do you have any like other advice that you would give up and coming artists, up and coming execs, managers, PR people, things like that? You, do you have any advice that you would give them trying to come I mean, into the game? Everything I see now, man, is based on they chasing a hit. They chasing something they see by analytics. Mm-hmm. I'm a builder. Mm-hmm. I, I I was always taught to get, you know. You know, to be in my own fire. Yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna warm my own family up. I would just say build, man. Like, I mean, for for artists in the in the company, build your own shit. They gonna come to you. If you're doing it right, they gonna come to you. Yeah. You know, and knowledge, man. Cause a lot of this shit number politics. You know, you gotta pay niggas to to uh, to do a drop for you, to, to, to get on your records. That ain't, you know, they just, you know, they ain't going too far. If yeah. you build yourself up, them artists gonna come fuck with you. Like Drake, he do man, Drake one of the smartest ever. Mm. Drake sees something hot, he jumps on it. You don't give a damn about none of that shit, but it keeps him relevant. Right. You know what I'm saying? It keeps him relevant. Yeah. It keeps him going. Everybody else gonna look at it as a check. So I mean my advice is build yourself up. Right. Man, be your own, I mean they gonna come fuck with you anyway. Yeah. You know? Um ARs and all them niggas, man, these people put y'all in position and power these niggas. Stop being so scared to sign niggas, sign these little young niggas. Mm. Stop making them sacrificial lambs. Cause I see a lot of A&Rs, they be so scared and, you know, of they job. Nigga, fuck you got a job for, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, shit, I put the artists. Uh, and investors, man. If it don't make sense, don't fuck with it. Mm. Cause a lot of niggas want to invest and be in this shit. It all gotta add up. You gotta understand where the money come from, how you doing it. Do the artists get paid for the shows, the publishing? You gotta understand all that shit. Yeah. You know? But don't do it if you ain't, if, don't do it. If you do it just for the money, don't do it. Right. You gotta love this shit to win, man. You gotta love this shit. Yeah. If you doing it for the money, it ain't gonna work. That's real. You be in out this motherfucker. Yeah, that's real. That's yeah. real. All right, so um, my last question for you. Uh, saw you at the Rick Ross car show. Yep. Doing your thing. Yep. Um, what's your favorite car out of your collection? I'll be real with you, man. Out of all my cars I got, I got them all. <laughs> my van, my GMC, man. Cause I can run shit over. I can, you know, it's nice. Yeah. You know, I can put it in my van, man. You, I'll be honest, my van. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the Dinosaurs, the Vice, the Bentleys, the Vets, all that shit. That shit cool. You know, plus I'm more with that. In my life, I'm more with it. I had that shit since I was 14 years old. So I'm more comfort now. Yeah. You know? So, in my van, my GMC. That bitch still called 105 grand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, man, my van. Yeah. You know, because my rims, I'm a, there's so many potholes out here. Everything right. I got got rims on. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's my van. What the, is the van sitting on something or what? Yeah, it's sitting on 24. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just bought that brand new one too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One little Kalo. You know what I'm saying? That Jim Ellis. You know what I'm saying? Kalo, Ralph, Gray Street, one little of them. You know, they snatched it off of Word. That's what's up, man. Um, any last shout outs or anything you want to give? Um, we build a hip hop block by block, man. Block entertainment, status. 
Got a big stunt with me. J5, BBA Trigger, uh, Walk Down Game. My little my brother Stunner. Um, okay, also, man, I got a mentorship program that we help empower these kids to call Big Timers. Okay. No excuses. Y'all look that up, Big Timers. Um, one other Princeton, one other Chris Kelly, one other, you know, BBO, one other superstar, you know. Stunt, you got a shout out? Yes, sir. That's what's up, man. Big block. Appreciate you jumping off the porch. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. One love with you. I'm at that section eight. I ain't have pots and pieces. I don't put no blocks and missions. My niggas locked up in prison. Still trying to find their way. They ain't got.